Welcome back to Church Public. I am Matt Odegaard, your host, and today we are taking a break from the news to look at Palm Sunday. And hopefully you went to church somewhere and experienced Palm Sunday and experienced a great community time with your church. And even if you did, I still want to address Palm Sunday because I think it's a really important and pivotal moment in the life of the church that shows us more about who Jesus is. And that's really the important thing. That's what I want to talk about here at Church Public a lot. We want to talk about who Jesus is, how to follow him, and then how do you live in the public square? Those that That's the focus of this podcast and what I want for you. I want you to be able to follow Jesus and enter into this public square. And this story of Palm Sunday really shows us a good portion of who Jesus was. Because just like us sometimes, we expect Jesus to be a certain way. The people that line the streets with the palm branches, and maybe you saw that in your church, right? And the kids wave palm branches or something, which is great. They expected Jesus to be a certain way, but then they found out that he was something totally different and nobody saw it coming. Welcome to Church Public. I'm Matt Odegaard. Welcome back to Church Public. Again, I'm Matt Odegaard. You can check out other episodes at churchpublic.com or all of the podcast places. You can check me out on social media at Church Public. And what I plan to do and have done and will continue to do is look at the news, look at current events from a Christian perspective, because I just don't see a lot of that happening out there. I search for it because I want to know what a Christian perspective is. And I think some of you want to know what a Christian perspective is on the news. So we're going to look at it. And there's a lot of news going on. So we're going to look at several events this week coming up. But for now, we're going to look at Bible and we're going to look at the story of Palm Sunday. So uh, go ahead and bookmark this, like it, subscribe, share it with one friend, because if it helps you, hopefully it'll help them too. Again, just want people to understand who Jesus is so that they can follow him better. All right, so today we're talking about Palm Sunday and we're going back 2,000 years. So 2,000 years ago, Jesus entered Jerusalem and the people really expected a Messiah. They expected expected a conquering king, but nobody was really, uh, nobody was ready for what happened next. Many of you, uh, probably yesterday, if depending on when you're listening to this, or Sunday, they, you sang and you shouted Hosanna, or your kids sang and shouted Hosanna and waved the palm branches and all the things. And those are the very words that were shouted in celebration of Jesus at his triumphal entry into Jerusalem 2,000 plus years ago. We're going to recount that story as well as some of the journey of Jesus so that we can understand how much he loves us and died for us uh, through his life and death and resurrection. Matthew, the disciple, wrote a book that tells us about the life of Jesus, as well as John and Mark and Luke, but we're going to look at Matthew today. We're going to be mostly mostly in Matthew's book, sorry, great name, hard to pronounce, I guess, mostly in his book in chapter 21, if you want to follow along. And we'll begin looking at some of the expectations people had at that time. Here are a couple of things to know about the Messiah. Almost everyone knew the Messiah was coming. I know we probably don't really comprehend that today because we've heard the story so many times and you grew up going to church, even if it was only Christmas and Easter, right? You already know this. You already know this story and you take it for granted and you don't understand exactly the context of what it was because you, like most other people, don't like history and so you haven't spent time learning all this history and that's fine. 
What I want to help you with is get you into the mindset of what a person would have understood from that moment. The Jews, the Romans, everyone, they had worked it out to a specific time period based on prophecies that the Messiah was coming, the king was coming, a new ruler in the line of David would change the world and the government would be on his shoulders, as we read in Isaiah. Jews and Romans and everybody... They were either really excited or really nervous about this new kingdom, to the point that some of the leaders were so afraid of this new Jewish king, one of them named Herod, whom you read about in in the gospel stories, he had all the newborn male babies killed. That's terrible, but that's what he did because he was afraid. A king would come and take his power and take his authority and... The, the Greek, I'm sorry, the Romans thought this, the Jews thought this, um, other people thought this, like you, you read about the, the wise men, the magi, the leaders and rulers and wise people from other countries came. I mean, everybody knew about this and it was widespread around the corners of the world at the time. And even Herod realized this king would be bad for him. So Matthew 2, 16, when Herod realized he had been outwitted by the magi, the wise men who had lied to him and said, hey, we couldn't find Jesus, sorry. He was furious, and so he killed all the boys in Bethlehem and the vicinity uh, in in uh, in that area, and they were two years and under. Everybody expected this Messiah to come, a Jewish king to come, and they didn't have Twitter and the internet and, and videos like this, so word spread that this one guy was doing some supernatural things like healing dead people, giving blind people sight, even the wedding thing where he turned water to wine. That was kind of a big deal. And so after Jesus was born, you know, fast forward those eh, 30 years or so, and all of a sudden this guy is roaming around and he's healing people and he's giving people sight and he's, there were, there were people who couldn't walk for their whole life and all of a sudden they're walking and um, all, all these things that this leader is doing. And you fast forward and you get to this day, this Palm Sunday. And so the people heard that this guy who was healing all the people and doing all these miracles, even turning water into wine and some other things, this guy was named Jesus. And he was coming and he was coming to the most holy city in the world, Jerusalem, at the most holy time of the year, Passover. These people, most of them, the Jews, we'll talk about the Jews first. The Jews were ready to celebrate. I mean, they were really excited that Jesus was going to come and save them. Again, the Jews knew their history. They knew the history of Moses and the Egyptians and being saved. And then there were Babylonian, which is Persian. And there were all these these things. Because the Jews, the Jews at this point still were only mostly free. They had a long history of captivity and persecution. They were captured by the Egyptians. They were captured by the Babylonians. And again, we call them Persians uh, several times, actually. And now they're living back in their land, but it's controlled by this new world superpower, the Romans, who had conquered essentially that whole corner of the world. And they allowed many freedoms, the Romans did. But They also taxed the people really badly, almost to death, and the conditions were really bad if you were just a Jewish person and you were looked down on, you were a second-class citizen, of course, and so it wasn't great for the Jews. And the Romans allowed some Jewish leadership to be there, right? And we read about that in the Gospels, the religious leaders, the teachers, the rulers. So there were some leaders, but many of them weren't great leaders, right? The, The Jewish leaders remained in power as long as the Romans got a cut of the prophets, um, and so not everybody loved that. So when everyone heard this new king of the Jews was coming, this guy apparently had supernatural powers. He was coming to town. 
everybody was excited. They would finally be free, right? They wouldn't have to pay Caesar anymore, all these taxes that Caesar is taking, basically taxing people to death. They wouldn't have to be subject to the crooked Jewish leaders that cozied up to the Romans, that they could become fat and happy off the wages of the regular Jews. So this new king, this Messiah was coming, and he would set them all free through the power and might of his right hand of the greatness of his government and peace. There will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing it, upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Isaiah 9, 7. And then we know what happened. But again, place yourself in this moment. What happened next? Nobody saw coming. Jesus entered Jerusalem. Matthew 21. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sat with the disciples and said, Go to the village, and at once you'll find a donkey with the colt. Untie them and bring them to me. If anybody says anything, say, Hey, the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to the daughter Zion, See, your king comes to you, gentle riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and did what Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey, the colt. They placed their cloaks on him for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road. Others cut down the palm branches, right? That's what we talked about. I'm even wearing a palm tree shirt. You probably can't see it right now, but this is the only like green palm tree shirt I had. Anyway, if you're just listening on audio, forget that part. So, verse 9, the crowds that went ahead of him and those followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and said, Who is this? Who is this guy? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth from Galilee. That's the account of Jesus entering into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. They were excited. They wanted a king. He looked like a king. He fulfilled this prophecy in, in Isaiah that said he was coming in like a king. Everybody was really excited about this king coming. So Jesus arrives to Jerusalem, the holy city, full of God's holy people, the Jews, at the holiest time of the year in Passover, and they expected him to come as a conquering king and overthrow the Jewish leaders and the Roman government. But they didn't expect what Jesus did. Here's a short story from the Pharisees in Matthew 22, begins at verse 41, and, and this gives a, an example. I mean, there again, you can read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and I hope that you read one of them or all of them this season to prepare for Easter because it's really good. And I'm going to try to stop short of Easter, though. I might get excited and go a little further than I, than I want to, but we'll, we'll go through Palm Sunday in just a little bit more. But, but this is Matthew 22, verse 41, because this gives an example of who Jesus really was and how everybody kind of was confused about what he was doing. So right before the Pharisees and teachers, right before in this story, um, you're probably familiar with this part of the story, because the the, the Pharisees, the rulers, these are the Jewish rulers, um, they were trying to get Jesus. They, they were really not happy with Jesus, and, and so they would constantly ask him questions to try to stump him and, and make him look bad in front of the people, because the people really liked Jesus, and that was a problem, because the people were not supposed to like Jesus. They were supposed to like the religious leaders, right? And the religious leaders were the ones that were supposed to be able to um, to lead the Jews, the Jews, and then and then Jesus comes in, and people are like, "Well, I'm going to follow this guy instead because I like him better, and he doesn't make us feel so bad." Right. So right before this, they come up to him and say, "Hey, what's the best commandment?" And of course, if you've spent any time in the church, you know this story. Jesus says, "Love God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength, and love others." And this was in itself uh, a really difficult answer for the Jewish leaders to have. And I've talked about this at another time. I'm not going to go into that 
right now. Um, because the next question, I think, is, is even more important to what we're talking about, that nobody expected who Jesus was really going to be. So they had just asked him this question, and Jesus, being Jesus, um, he then asks them a question. And I think this question really illustrates what we're talking about, who Jesus is, and that the religious leaders, who were supposed to be the smartest religious people there were, and the regular people, had no idea who Jesus really was and what he really had planned to do from the very beginning. So this is Matthew twenty two forty one. It says, while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked, what do you think about the Messiah? Whose son is he? Whose son is he? Remember that. So they said, this is the leaders who, are, who know all the things, right? They went to all the good religious schools and, and should know all the, the good religious things. They say, He's the son of David. Verse 43, he said to them, How is it then that David, speaking by the Spirit, and at that time we're talking about the Holy Spirit, who did not inhabit everybody uh, who follows Jesus as the Spirit does now, as we're told through Jesus' uh, words um, and Paul, the Spirit only inhabited certain people at certain times. So David, speaking by the Spirit, calls, calls the Messiah Lord. For he says, and this is a quote, The Lord said to my Lord, sit at the right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. And so if David calls the, the Messiah Lord, how can he be his son? No one could say a word in reply, and from that day, no one dared to ask him any more questions. So this, I, I want to unpack this, because again, if you didn't go to good Hebrew school, some of you may have, but if you didn't go to good Hebrew school, you have no idea what's happening in this quote, right? And, and so that's why I want to be here for you. I want to help you with this, because this really is good, and this really helps understand Jesus then and now. This quote that Jesus says comes from Psalm 110. And here's what we don't understand. We, we heard a bit of it in the Palm Sunday entrance when, when there were some quotes in the Hosanna and blessed is he who comes and all that. And the Jews thought the Messiah would be human. So, so hear this part. This is really important. The Jews, even the religious leaders, even they, as, as far as I can tell, the Jews today thought that the Messiah would be human. And, and I know we live on this side of history, and if you're a Protestant or Catholic or Christian, you, you know that Jesus is the Son of God, and Jesus is God. And I've done other messages about that. You can go and listen to those at churchpublic.com. But they really thought the Messiah would come in power as a human and reign as the King of Kings in that time, as a literal son of David, as a human son of David. I mean, grandson, great, 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 removed, right, right. But, but human. So Jesus asks this riddle to the smartest religious people in all of the world in that day, in, in Jewish law. He says, if the Messiah was literally a son, a human son of David, why did David call him Lord? In other words, if this was not only a human king, the Messiah, David would not call him Lord because he would only be a great, 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 great grandson of David. Instead, hundreds of years before, David, full of the Spirit of God, verse 43, knew that the Messiah would not only be a human son of his, but also the Lord. The Messiah would be God. The word here is Yahweh. You may have heard that word. This is the holiest word for God. Jesus points out the Messiah must be more than human. The Messiah must be the Lord. The Messiah must be not only human, but God. And you see what happens in this context. Everybody goes, I'm out. I'm not saying anything else. And that's what happens in this context and some others. But this began the Holy Week. And this began the triumphal entry of Jerusalem, of Jesus into Jerusalem, and started the path down the road of Calvary for Jesus, who was accused of, well, claiming to be God. 
which is not allowed in Jewish law and is punishable by death. And we know the other side of the story, but pause your history for a moment and sit in this moment. The people wanted a king. Jesus enters as a king. Jesus not only claims to be king, but then he claims to be God. You know, God. Everybody goes crazy then. Some people love him. Some people hate him. Some people want to kill him. Some people want to worship him. And the poor disciples just don't know what to do. They're just spinning and trying to figure things out. They, they tried to protect him. They tried to shield him. They tried to platform him. They did all the things, but really listened to him. And I know that sounds harsh, but go read the accounts in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, and you'll see. Jesus kept saying, he's going to be killed. He's going to die. And then he's going to raise from the dead in three days. And he has to do that in order for this kingdom of God to come in. And they didn't understand what Jesus was saying. And they didn't understand the kingdom of God. And we don't understand what Jesus was saying. And we don't understand the kingdom of God. But Jesus said the kingdom of God really would begin on earth as it is in heaven. But they didn't understand. And we still don't understand. So we're going to fast forward to the end, which is really the beginning. Because the biggest thing that people didn't see coming was the end, which is also the beginning. I know that's confusing. Let me unpack that. We got a savior. Jesus does many things while he's in Jerusalem. He went to the temple. He's appalled at what he saw. He literally cleans house. He transformed the Passover ritual, which was, again, the holiest ceremony in Jewish religion. He transformed that ritual into the Last Supper, which we now celebrate and remember as the Lord's Supper or communion, whatever you want to call it, Eucharist. And many of you will observe that on this Good Friday. I encourage you to do that. Jesus and the disciples went to the, went to the Garden of Gethsemane, and they prayed and waited. And, and Jesus' prayer in that garden is, is the most beautiful and sad and heartbreaking and wonderful and encouraging prayer that you ever could read. Uh, and pray. Go read it. And then Jesus is arrested and tried and sentenced to death for saying that he is God. Make no mistake, the reason that they hated him, the reason that they arrested him, the reason that they tried him and killed him is because he was saying that he is God. There are so many people that just drive me crazy all over the socials and everywhere that say, well, Jesus never said he was God or Jesus isn't really God. He's just a really good teacher or man or whatever. Like he could have just said to any of these leaders at any point, yeah, just kidding. I'm not really God. I'm just a crazy person. And they would not have killed him. This is 100%. He said he is God. He was God. He was raised from the dead after three days. The only person that I know of that raised himself from the dead. We should listen to people who raise themselves from the dead. That's a side story. And I don't want to get too far ahead of myself because the resurrection story is super exciting and I love talking about it, but we're talking about Palm Sunday and what that means for Jesus and what that means for us in the kingdom of God. And this is such a great story. Again, go and read it in any of the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, or all of them. It's, it's, it's a really good story. But Jesus broke all the rules when it came to being the Savior, when it came to being the Messiah. The Messiah was supposed to be this conquering king, saving the Jews in that very day and age, like right then, he was supposed to come in and save the Jews from the tyranny of the Romans. The Messiah was supposed to be a symbol of power and authority in the biggest and best government in history, the Roman government. But Jesus didn't do that. Jesus came into Jerusalem and talked about love. He talked about sacrifice. He talked about forgiveness. He talked about grace. He started something so much bigger than a government. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. Mark 1, 14 through 15. But this kingdom came with a cost. 
Jesus had to suffer. He had to die. He had to take the place of our sins. For even the Son of Man came not to serve, but to not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Mark 10, 45. On many occasions, Jesus told his followers, his disciples, he would be sacrificed. He told them he would die. They didn't see that coming. Jesus entered into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, and many thought he would be that conquering king. He turned out to be the conquering king, but he didn't throw Rome out of Jerusalem. He threw the power of sin and death out of the kingdom of God. Through the power of the resurrection in Jesus, we have this new eternal life in Jesus. But again, I don't want to get ahead of myself because that's the resurrection. We'll probably talk about that later this week. That's a story for another day. But until then, remember that Jesus came in not as a conquering king in the traditional sense of the word to overthrow the government of the day. He did come in as a conquering king, though appearing like a suffering servant and acting like a suffering servant. He came in as a conquering king to overthrow the power of sin and death, which we have access to by believing in Jesus Christ and his death and life, his life and death and resurrection and being able to follow him into eternity. And we're going to talk more about the resurrection, but until then, I'm Ed Odegaard, and this is Church Public, and I hope that you keep the faith. <laughs>